Does your life feel like it's a test that you didn't have time to study for? <laughs> Do you remember taking the test in school and you didn't have time to study for it? And you would get something, you say, I ought to know what to do, I ought to know that, but you don't know it, so you kind of had to guess at it. Sometimes that's the way we are in life. And if there's any area that we are challenged with that we spend a great deal of our prayer life in is probably relationships. And sometimes we just don't know how to handle them and what's the right thing to do. For example, in marriage. Now somebody said marriages are made in heaven, but so is lightning and thunder. You know that too, huh? Yeah. One wife said, if I give my husband an inch, he becomes a ruler. Oh my goodness. I, I, my wife, Denise, one time I told her, said, honey, you just need to embrace your mistakes. He, she walked over and hugged me. I don't know what she meant by that. Oh, my goodness. And then it's the challenge of raising children. We've all heard with, uh, as parents, and we've said as parents, when we begin to raise children, you know, all you got to do is love them and be fair. And that seems like it ought to work until life comes and their personalities and this child is different from that child and what worked for one child doesn't work for another child yes your kids one moment you say i want to spend every waking moment with them and the next moment you want to sell them i mean it's a challenge <laughs> yeah had you ever look at your kids as does uh they're rolling your eyes ever bother you you know you, or if your kids got into that to that point i remember my parents told me you keep rolling those eyes you may find a brain in there i mean they go through that, that. It's just a challenging time when they're in that season. And then our, our relationship with the siblings. And, and there's one word we attach to siblings. Sibling rivalry. Have you ever noticed it's the only word we attach to siblings? We don't say sibling happiness. We don't say sibling harmony. We say sibling rivalry. And, and certain enough that that sometimes with brothers and sisters and siblings, they can be, they can be tough growing up. You know, I had two knucklehead brothers. I was the only sane one in the house. I mean, but those other brothers, they just, they were hard to live with. True story. I got a, I got a, on a prayer request card one time from one of the children in the kids church. Yes. I don't know what this little girl was going to, but I have never heard a child say, I want to kill my brother more eloquently. Yeah. True. I, I got a card and it was written with misshaped letters. You could tell it was written by a child. And this little girl said, I, I wish I was a cat and my brother was a bird. Oh my goodness. <laughs> I don't know what was going on in that home, but she said it so well. Yes. Uh, then you work with people. Joyce Landor says every one of us have, has an irregular person. It's that person that you work with that they know how and they do it frequently to get under your skin. They can just say the wrong thing at the wrong way. And work, don't you? Have you ever wished that there was a font called sarcasm that you could just type something in? Yes, because the, 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 the challenge of these difficult people in our life. Relationships, we describe them as, as toxic, sometimes dysfunctional, controlling, abusive, unhealthy, bad, a codependent. These are all words that we use to describe relationships. I want to give you a new word for relationships. I want to encourage you to build bridges, to build bridges. That's what I want to talk to you today about, building bridges. 
In Matthew chapter 5, in the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus gives us this beatitude. He said, blessed are the peacemakers. That's the word I want to put in your spirit. Be a peacemaker. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called the children of God. God says you can tell by a, a child of God. They're a peacemaker. Yeah. In your social media, you can tell who the child of God is. They're a peacemaker. The person that gets on social media and rages insults and puts everybody down, and if you're not on their side of the perspective or the, the political uh, scheme on things, they insult you, put you down, and make you feel like you're a nobody. That, that they don't demonstrate that they're a child of God. Jesus is saying when when people look at you and say, that's a child of God, what do they see from you? You're a peacemaker. Now, the Scripture doesn't say, blessed are the, the peace seekers. Yeah? You say, well, I'd really like things to be better, but there's nothing I can do. I pray about it, hope it gets better, but, you know, there's nothing I can do about it. I'm just waiting for, I'm waiting for that person to make the difference, make that person to get over it, just waiting. no. Jesus is saying it has to be an action point. You have to be a peacemaker. He calls us to a, an action point in our relationships. And the question is really this. How can God be both pleased and honored in the situation and the relationship you have? Where is that struggled relationship? Is it the marriage? Is it between you and your your daughter-in-law? Is it between a cousin? Is it a co-worker? Is it, is it job conflict? What's the, what's the relationship that right now is testing you? The question to ask, how can God both be pleased and honored in that situation? Now, there are three responses to conflict. You're going to find yourself in one of these three responses. Typically, there's probably one you do just by nature and by habit. The first one is the escape response. The escape response is this. When conflict comes, if it's on the job, we'll just quit the job and go somewhere else. But the difficulty is, is the conflict inevitably shows up on the next jobs. And some people go from job to job to job to job. Why? Because they cannot re resolve conflict. It's escape response. If it's in a friendship, guess what? We're just going to end the friendship. Going to unfriend them, just lose the friendship, walk away from it. If it's in the church, I'll just quit the church. If it's in a marriage, I'll just get a divorce. It just, we, we, we go to the, to the escape response. You just move out, move away, pull away. Just lose the friendship. Uh, that's, that's one very typical response. Not, it's not what Scripture tells us to do. The next response is, is the attack response. The attack response is getting mad, anger, retaliation, going online and, and doing your best to settle the score. It's very, very easy for them. I am justified. I have the right to do this. And, and it's that attack response. And some of us, we have the gold medal in that. We're, we're the champion of that. We have, we have phrases that can just decimate somebody in a moment. We, we know how to put people in their place so quickly. 
But there is a third response, and this is this response that Scripture calls us to, that Jesus said, do this and you'll be known as a child of God, and it's the peacemaker response. Peacemaker. Be a peacemaker. Let me just say, let me just say going into this, don't mistake peace faking for peacemaking. And some of us, we put the smile on. We put all the emojis on there, the smile emojis. We, we pretend we like going to the job. We pretend we like the person. Oh, you're the best at that. We like you. We just, you're so good at that. And it's all fake, but it's not real. And God looks to the heart. God knows. God knows deep down inside. Some of you pretend to like that in-law. Yes. And every gift you give them is just a re-gift. You, you haven't bought them anything new. You, you say you wouldn't spend a dollar, but you'll go tell them, you know what? When I got this, I thought about you. Yes, you thought I'll never use this and it's no good. I'll just give it to whomever. <laughs> yeah. Yes. But the scripture calls us to not be peace faking, but to be a peace maker. And there are four ways I want to share with you. In your relationship challenge, your irregular person, with your sibling rivalry, with your kids, with your in-laws, in your marriage, that will help you become a peacemaker. Number one, overlook offenses. If you're going to be a peacemaker, you need to overlook offenses. In other words, don't make a big deal of it. Have you ever seen that person that can take a small difference, a personality difference, a preference difference, and make it a, a felony uh, offense? You know, just it, 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 can, it can ruin the holiday, it can ruin the day, it can ruin the moment, it can just spoil everything. And that irregular person, that struggled relationship, we need to be able to just overlook offenses. You know what? Life is just too short to carry grudges. And some of us, our grudges, the things we're mad about, they date back to a different decade. And some of us, our grudges go back to the, to the 20th century, not the 21st century. You've been mad at, about something with the family that happened in 1995. And you're still carrying that grudge. Can I tell you, a grudge is a heavy weight on anyone's shoulders. The scripture tells us in that portion in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, we call it the love chapter. And that's great for a marriage, but it's great for all of us. And Jesus calls us to live by love. And one of the qualities of love is he says, love, verse number five, it keeps no records of wrong. Yeah keeps no records wrong. There's a good advice there. You need to delete more things than hit the reply button. It would help if you would just quit hitting the reply button on some things and just hit the delete button in life. Overlook offenses. Be say, I can't, Pastor. I've heard you're, you're to forgive and forget, and I just can't forget. I can't forget what was done to me. I can't forget how I was betrayed. I can't forget what they, what they did to me. I was stabbed in the back on the job by that person. Well, what you can't forget 
you need to forgive. If you can't forget it, then just forgive it. There's some things you can't, you can't forget. Perhaps there's a lady that there was a there was an offense or an assault in your life, and, and that has wounded you. And you say, I, I can't forget it. That's all right, then forgive it. Move past it, which brings me to my second point. <clears throat> Being a, a peacemaker, forgive quickly. Forgive quickly. Don't hold on to it. Forgive, but forgive quickly. <clears throat> Jesus said in Matthew chapter 5, verse number 25 later on in this chapter he says settle a matter quickly with your adversary the key phrase there is quickly settle an, a matter quickly with your adversary Jesus was so wise he's saying if you if you keep rehearsing it and you allow you allow anger and bitterness to get into your spirit it will affect you it will rob your joy it will it will take life from you it will it will put a shadow over your life. And Jesus gives us the great both spiritual and psychological advice to forgive quickly. Just a few days ago, just a few days ago, I got up early and was going to come to the church early. I opened the door to the garage to turn on the garage light, was going to get in the automobile and come to the office. And the moment I turned on the light... All in the garage, there was water standing. Water standing. The water was running from the, the wall next by the house and running out into the driveway. I thought, oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. So I, I came back in, and I walked around to where the master bath and the master closet is on the opposite side by the garage and there was water seeping out from under the tub and the shower. I opened the door to the master closet, and there the carpet, and I stepped on it, and I could hear the, the spongy sound of water in the carpet. You know, it's not a good day when, you're, when your master closet has now become a jacuzzi. That's, not a, that's just not a good day. So I I told Denise she wasn't alerted to it yet. I said, oh, Denise, we have a problem. And immediately, immediately upon informing Denise what had occurred, I called the plumber. Now, stay with me. Stay with me. I'm talking about forgive quickly. Immediately, quickly, I called the plumber. Now, what if? What if upon seeing water in the garage, water in the closet, water sleeping out, what if I said, you know what? I didn't break it, and I'm not going to fix it. It's not my fault. Don't blame me. I'm not the one that caused this, so it's not my worry. It's not my problem. What if I said, well, you know what? This is bad news. But if God wants it fixed, he'll fix it. I'm just going to let it run. And God, if you want this fixed, you, you fix it. What if I said, you know what? Until Denise accepts it. Until Denise is fully ready and she acknowledges it, I just better leave it alone and do nothing about it. Or what if I'd said, you know what? Hmm. I wonder if God is just leading us to buy a new house. Maybe it's a sign from God 
that we need to just move out and leave things alone. That's ridiculous. Immediately I call the plumber, but I see people that do that in their life. Something happens in a relationship, in the marriage, in the home, on the work. You know, if God wants it fixed, he'll change their heart. I'm just going to sit by and, and I'm going to wait and I can't do anything about it until that person comes to me and until that person is ready to receive it. Maybe, maybe God is telling me to get a new job. I can't get along with my husband, so maybe God is leading me to somebody else. This is God's sign that the expiration date on our marriage has come and there's somebody else he has for me. Isn't it interesting some of the, some of the philosophy we get into? Can I tell you? If something is wrong, forgive it quickly. I call the plumber immediately. It can be fixed. And I want to say to you, the relationship can be fixed. You can make it right. You can do something about it. And I want to encourage you, fix it now. Forgiveness is not a personality trait. It's a choice. Some of us think it's a personality. I don't have the gift of forgiving. It's not a gift in the Bible. Okay? It's not one of the spiritual gifts. You don't pray for it. God's not going to shake you and give you the gift of forgiving. Uh, Jesus is going to tell us in that model prayer in chapter 6, verse number 12, we call it the Lord's Prayer. He's going to say, pray this, forgive us our trespasses, our debts, as we forgive those who have trespassed against us. You see, God freely and graciously forgave me. God freely and graciously forgave me of my sin, my infractions, my mistakes, my, my failures. And Jesus teaches us in the same way God forgives me, I need to forgive somebody else. And the lesson of Jesus here is forgive quickly. It's amazing what an apology can do. When you just simply say, I'm sorry. Have you ever noticed that just an apology can lower the tension in the room? Sometimes it can be so combative. It, it can be so tense. And one person, one person just says, I'm sorry. Forgive me. They may not even be wrong. They may not even be accepting the blame, but they say that the relationship to them is more important than their ego at the time. And they just say, forgive me, and you can sense the tension going down. Unforgiveness. Every married couple, please listen to this. Tune in. Focus in. Track with me now. Unforgiveness is the pre-divorce zone. Because it doesn't matter what it is. It doesn't matter. It can be the most, the, the, the smallest things, or it can be a significant thing. But unforgiveness is the pre-divorce zone because divorce, now they call it irreconcilable differences and they can put anything on the divorce decree. But basically, most divorces, not all, not all, but most divorces are this. It's, it's a small matter magnified by pride and extended by unforgiveness.
So whatever the issue is, let it be magnified by pride or ego and let it continue with unforgiveness and inevitably it can take you down the path where you're either thinking and talking divorce or sometimes succumb to divorce. So my encouragement is forgive quickly. Number three, to be a peacemaker. Let it go. Let it go. Yes. The Bible is going to tell us, chapter 5 of Matthew, verse 38, Jesus is going to use a phrase, and he's going to say this, you have heard it said, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. Now that phrase is quoted three times in the Old Testament. It actually comes from other ancient documents as well. Back in the, in the Old Testament time, ancient documents, they, they found that phrase not just in Scripture, it was in others, and it found itself in Scripture. An eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. And Jesus, Jesus is going to call us, and he's going to tell us, don't follow that. There's a higher law. An eye for an eye and tooth for a tooth is the, is the law of, of retaliation. And Jesus is going to call us to the law of forgiveness and restoration. But it's in Scripture, an eye for an eye and tooth for a tooth. Does that mean if somebody offends you, you have the right to, to get? Is basically, here's what it's saying. If somebody backs into your car and dents your fender, yes, they should pay for your broken fender. Your dented fender. Somebody throws a rock through your window, they should pay for that window. And it was actually put there, you get an eye for an eye. It's, it's not a right. It's not a right, but it's a limit. Basically is what it's saying. If somebody dents your fender, you don't get a whole new car out of it. Okay? If somebody throws a rock through your window, you don't get windows in every window of the house. No, you get the one window that was broken. Basically, if you lose one tooth, you get one tooth in return. And Jesus in Scripture initially it was put in there to say it's a limit. It's a limit. You, you can't exploit people. Oh, you did this wrong to me, and it was a, it was a $50 wrong, and I want $1,000 out of it. You have to pay, 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 repay. You're, you're going to have to continually to be punished time and time and time and time again. And Scripture puts a limit. You cannot exploit people if something occurs. And then Jesus takes that and he's going to say, how about not ex just carrying it on? He said, how about just letting it go? How, how about if you don't carry this retribution, retaliation mentality and you carry a, an attitude of just saying, it doesn't matter and shake it off and let it go. And that's what Jesus is teaching us here. Some of us, it's like a thumbtack. You know what a thumbtack is. But we take a big old hammer and we, we, we want to pound and we want to exact it. It's a thumbtack issue. It's this big. But we want to pound on it. We want to make the point. Every time you rehearse it, you're making the point. And here's what Jesus is saying. The hammer is heavy. And many of us have been carrying a heavy hammer for a long time.
that I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make it. I'm going to make my point. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get even on this one. I'm, I'm going to use it against them from now on. And Jesus is saying, the hammer is heavy. How about just dropping the hammer? How about not carrying that heavy hammer all the time? For all the married couples, all the married couples, whether you've been married six months, six years, 26 years, 46 years. Yeah, if I was to ask you, what's the, what's the love song that you have? Yeah, yeah, you have a, you have a love song? Yeah. Denise, I, I, I get Denise, sit her in a chair, and I just, only you can make me feel this way. She's putty in my hands at that moment. I'm going to tell you. She put, she put in my hands. Yeah. Can I give you a love song? It'll keep your love going. It comes from the movie Frozen. It's called Let It Go. If you want your love to continue, just let it go. Number four, and how to be a peacemaker, seek reconciliation. Let it go and seek reconciliation. Jesus is going to say, Matthew chapter 5, verse 23 and 24, he said, your brother or sister has something against you, go and be reconciled to them. Be reconciled. Reconciliation is not just agreeing to disagree. Reconciliation is really involves a spiritual process of forgiving and saying, God wants us to restore this friendship and this relationship. It's valuing the friendship. It's valuing the person over the issue. It's saying I'm willing to set aside my preferences and my feelings in deference to the moment. And I admonish you, seek reconciliation. I can remember one time I had a suit and I, I got, caught, got caught on a nail and it ripped, it ripped a suit. And, you know, a suit, you can't just take and sew it together. You can close the gap, but it will, it's ruined. It's ruined. I had a had an L-shaped tear in it. Wow, that's a good suit, and it's, it's ruined because even if you sew it together, there's always that scar. There's that damage on, on the cloth, and it's, it's lost. And Denise said, no, it's not lost. She said, take it and have it reweaved. I said, what are you talking about? She said, it can. She said, let me have it. And she took it. She took it to a tailor, and Sure enough, they were able to reweave it. They take cloth, they find a thread that's the same. And they go back there and they take care. And they blend it together. And they literally was the reweaving of the wound, the scar, and that suit. Not just sewing and closing the gap. They it was a reweaving, and the fibers went in there and they blended them together. And when it was done, you could not even tell that was there was a scar, a wound in there. That's reconciliation. 
You see, the Holy Spirit has the ability to go in the secret areas of our life and help us and through forgiveness and God's grace and God's mercy and extending mercy so we can receive mercy and he reweaves in our heart. There's something that's broken that you say cannot be fixed and God's saying it can be fixed. Reconciliation is God reweaving the tatter in your life. And I'm going to lead you in a prayer moment and I'm going to invite you to take in, to take your broken relationship, the area you're wounded in. There's somebody, maybe church online, you were, you're so crushed today that you didn't even feel like you could come to church. You're so hurt and it seems irreparable. God can reweave. God can bring reconciliation to your heart and your life. Let's pray. Let's pray. Father, today, at this moment, I bring your people before you, and we confess that relationships are frequently the biggest struggle of our life and consume the greatest area of our prayer life. Learning how to deal with with our family, a spouse, a child, an in-law, a co-worker, a sibling, learning how to move past the personality differences and the, the matters that come. And I pray, God, your grace will begin a reweaving as people begin to right now say, I forgive. They may even be justified in the offense, but in order to bring healing, they're saying, Lord, help me to forgive. Help me to let it go. And they surrender it to you. And help, Father, instead of having a critical eye, for us to have a heart of reconciliation. They're there's someone in the room, there's a letter they need to write or an email they need to send. There's a phone call they need to make and it's not rehearsing the wrong, the offense. It's a, it's a contact, it's a communication of reconciliation to extend grace so that they can regain the friendship or the relationship with that person and that family member. I pray that for them. I pray, Lord, that you'll help them to move beyond that. I pray for the one who's, who's dug their heel in and said, it's not, I didn't cause it, and I, I refuse to, to give in. I call upon them. I pray the Holy Spirit will soften their heart. And Lord, just as you extended forgiveness to them help them extend grace and forgiveness to others I pray that and I speak your blessing upon your people and as we go into this Thanksgiving week let us go into it with a heart of gratitude let us let us thank God for others and not not speak with a critical voice I pray that in the name of Jesus, amen.
I like to just make mention if if there's something very private you'd like to have prayer with we'll have prayer team persons in the front able to pray with you personally and individually at the end of every service they'll be available here in just a moment and also to our guest uh, Denise and I will be in the guest central in the main lobby stop I would love to greet you Denise and I want to extend to you a happy Thanksgiving enjoy your family enjoy the Lord this week may you be safe may your family be safe allow me to just dismiss this by section for